I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Paul Rosenberg, back producer from WFAN Sports Radio in New York City. And joining me right now is the 16-time World Series of Poker champion, bracelet events, and if one or twice for main event, Mr. Phil Helmuth. Phil, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How's it going? You're in New York? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So all, all New York show, busy time for sports with the Mets and the Yankees and the Jets and the Giants. So a lot going on in our neck of the woods. You are in California, correct? Yeah. yeah. I love all the uh, color there. Yeah. The Niners played last night here. Uh, yes. My friend owns the team, Jed York. So of course. I used to love sitting with him in his box and, uh, you know, he's very emotional. I mean, which I love and I'm very emotional. And, uh, and I would sit with him in this box and it would pretty much just be me and him, um, his wife. And, you know, a lot of times I'll sit with uh, Joe Lake the owner of the Warriors, sure. but I mean, his emotion level has gone way down. I think winning, <laughs> winning all those championships <laughs> probably, probably helped out. I was going to get, just cause you brought it up. I was going to get to this later. We'll get to it now. Just a little, little wet my beak. You are known for kind of gambling and playing poker with a lot of celebrities athletes a lot i know the warriors with joe lake as you just said you're very good friends with him how was it playing in those games it's been it's really been amazing you know i mean my my group basically um you know i call them the masters of the universe poker poker group and uh, when we first started playing you know and maybe oh nine together um it was a five ten blinds game so it was very the stakes were super boring for me super boring um but i love the people and so it was kind of like a nightmare to play those stakes but then i love the people and you know as time passed uh this became my group of friends you know my best friend is a chamath palihapitiya uh, just a great guy and uh you know and then as ever and as, as most of our group actually became billionaires. The stakes went up. So 2017, we kicked it up to 25.50. And uh, that year, now we pay at the end of the year. That year, I was up like 320,000 or something, 400,000 or something like that. And then right. they're like, the long hustle. Phil's doing the long <laughs> hustle. He played with us for seven years waiting for the stakes right. to go up. Is there- and then we went to, we went to 100, 200. And I won a million in one year. Uh, you know, that's tracking the entire year's play. And so it and is, is just Hold'em or Omaha involved too? Pretty much just Hold'em. Now the last few years we're at, we're playing, you know, Omaha 20% of the time, but it's okay. been very, um, just being with the guys has been amazing for me. After that big year, 
I started drinking a lot more in the games and then I didn't do as well the next year because I also felt a little guilty, even though everybody's a billionaire. I'm, <clears throat> just, I'm there for friendship, number one. But when the stakes get up, I focus at 510. I, I was having trouble beating that game because it's just so easy to, to call $50, you know, yeah. 5X, 5X. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once you're playing 100, 200, that's $1,000. So, you know, my play in the game improved drastically as well. So they accused me of doing the long hustle. The long hustle. How would you, how do you think, and we spoke a little bit before, the evolution from the poker boom in 03 to Black Friday, which is when the on, US government shut down the online poker sites to regulate it, which I still haven't done fully, to now coming out of COVID, which I actually think COVID boosted up a little bit of the online poker. How do you think that evolution has gone? Well, first of all, yeah, you know, I, I was predicting, you know, I, I was predicting back in 1992 that we would be having, you know, poker stadium, po- we'd have poker tournaments in like a stadium with a lot of crowds. Everybody laughed at me. And, uh, and then, you know, it was like 12 years later, one of the reporters came up and said, you predicted this 12 years ago. This was like 05, 06, 07, when we started having the finals in the Penn and Teller Theater. And, uh, and so I saw this big boom coming, but I never imagined it would be this big. So the boom just went massive. You know, I mean, I would go to Canada in 2010 and just get mobbed because, you know, because what happened was when the NHL had a strike, you know, all those NHL games were filled with poker content. I'm exaggerating, not all, but a ton of poker content. And so things just kind of went crazy. Uh, You know, the, the sites were spending 100 million, 200 million a year spreading global content. So they would film us poker after dark would be like us playing for six hours. They would take that and they would actually get the personalities. You're smiling because that's a great show because it's the personalities. I I love poker after dark. Really smart people having fun discussions about life. And you realize that was these. Yeah. That was Maria Scandari. Yeah. And they'd say, Oh, they'd go to a company in Spain, like ABC. And they'd say, Oh, we're going to give you a one hour show six days a week. 52 uh, week, weeks per year. So every single day except Sundays, we're just basically going to give it to you for free. Just keep our commercials in there. And so Spain's like, oh, yeah, we need that. And then it's another country and another country and another country. And so, you know, this just boom was just massive global boom. Then poker got shut down. And so we went from an all-time high. We started falling, 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 you know, maybe 20%, maybe 30% off peak. I'm just guessing I don't have yeah. any math or stats behind that. And then when the pandemic came along, it just seems like, boom, we went right, right back up to peak again, um, or maybe a little bit above. And I think one reason why is I mean, I'll walk through an airport and 20 year olds stop me. And I'm just like, what? Like all these young, all these young people are stopping me. I always ask their age, 20, 24, 19. And so it's kind of good to see it. So it feels like, the pandemic came along and what were people going to do with their time? You right. could play video games. I mean, I don't know about you. I was stuck home for an awful long time. I was, so I was, so I was coming into work, which is I'm a radio producer in New York. So I was coming in the entire time, but not doing much of anything else. So what me and my friends started to do is we went on a uh, poker, was it poker stars, whatever free engine it was played the free money games, but turned it into a kind of a real money situation on the side. So that's kind of what we did. And that really got, my, you know, love for poker back because I, through college, I played poker online. 
played poker online, played poker live. I, I was a poker boom baby through and through. So I loved, I loved getting back into it like that. First of all, welcome back. And as time changes, a lot of the people that came into it in the boom, like you did and got away from it, realized, whoa, wait a minute, actually, I'm pretty good at poker. And their skill sets has expanded as their life experience has expanded. So they find themselves much better at poker now, too. And they're like, whoa, I'm not the player I was back in 05, 06. Now I'm pretty good. You probably beat your friends from you probably won a bunch of money from your friends unless they also played online poker. And uh, and, you know, for me personally, uh, first of all, welcome back. And second of all, we played all the time. I mean, my friends and I were playing six days a week like online. It was seven days a week for long, long, long periods of time because we're at home. And so everybody's checking in with each other. How's it going? Sometimes we'd play on Zoom and it was a real social thing. And um, and I went on a massive run because my guys were playing Potlum at Omaha with me and they were all ranked beginners and they were all beating me until you got online. Now we're playing a lot more hands and the skill factor shows up. And uh, so the pandemic, you know, uh, financially, I did pretty well during really well during the pandemic. But uh, that, but yeah, on that note of doing well and how poker has changed, a lot of people now, a lot of the younger guys, probably European guys, solvers and all these crazy things that, you know, most beginners have no idea what a solver is and tr- hand charts and push charts and all in charts. You pretty much haven't adapted to that. You and Daniel Negreanu have had a lot of conversations about how he's adapted to kind of that way of thinking. You've pretty much stuck with the, pers- the you know, live tells, the re- live mag- white magic, et cetera, et cetera. But you've pretty much stayed in that lane for the most part, right? What's amazing to me is they came along in 05, 06, 07. They said we changed the way poker's played. I... I had to adjust to the way they played, but I still believed in my basic principles. And, uh, and I kept winning. In 08, 09, 10, Negreanu uh, went public saying that Phil um, is now way behind. He's not very good. I finished second player of the year in 11, 12, won all these bracelets, won all these championships, kind of kept playing my way. Uh, you know, I think that there is mathematically speaking from a mathematical point of view the strategy which i've devised and i spent a lot of time devising throughout my lifetime and talking to other great players works really well for me but what's the x factor the x factor is reading ability so not everybody can play like i play so then they see me on television the math guys that have solved the game in 08 they didn't that solved the game in 10 they didn't that solved the game in 14 they didn't that solved the game in 18 they didn't and that solved the game, I suspect, in 2021, they didn't. So they watch me play and they say, wow, Phil sucks. I can't believe he played the hand this way. So I win 24 out of 25 televised cash games. And they come away saying, Phil sucks because I played a hand that, they're, that they, they thought was not ideal. Not, not mathematically GTO. correct. Not GTO. Not whatever they're using. Whatever. Yep you know, whatever, whatever is the time. And I just keep winning. And, uh, I am, I am aware that, uh, I do watch what they're doing. Um, I do see what they're doing because it's kind of important to know, uh, you know, um, they, you know, it's also funny that, you know, around a bunch of poker strategies from my book, play poker, like the pros, 
Nick Shulman just came out and said, we laughed at Phil's Omaha eight or better strategy in his book. But now, wow, we're all using it. And then everybody laughed at my short stack strategy. But whoa, now maybe all the great players are kind of using my short stack strategy right now. And so, you know, I mean, so, so I think, I mean, you know, I think that the way I play has continued to hold up. I just, in the last uh, 10 months, I had better results than anybody in the poker world, 14 top nines in the most meaningful tournaments. And I only play the most meaningful tournaments, World Series of Poker and the U.S. Poker Open, 14 top nines. You didn't and play so, any of the poker masters that are going on now, correct? No, I wish I would have. I, I mean, there's a part of me that wishes I would have. I, I had an event I had to do in Chicago. It really tired me out. And I had to MC an event for Aria. So I had to work two days during the poker masters. And then I'm like, you know what? I missed, I've only played one event. I'm just going to leave. And I did. And, you know, probably to, probably to them, it's, you know, oh, Phil can't. Phil's, you know, they were saying Phil can't do well on the high rollers. And I crushed the last series of high rollers right. at the U.S. Poker Open. So whatever. So they, they're always saying, I can't do this. They're slicing it down. You know what I'm saying? Always also, also like, Phil's not good at exactly this, exactly that. And so whatever. I mean, I probably sound cocky. It's frustrating because I have to defend myself and tell the truth. And then I sound like I'm bragging all the time. But that's okay. So along with poker as your main stores of income. You've wrote, you've read four, four, wrote four books. You're now, you know, I believe you're partners with Lasso, which is the world's first uh, athletic compression stock, if I'm saying that correctly. A bunch of online investment firms you're in. And you've always worn, you know, now it's the Luxon Pay hat. It was other hats previously. Tell me about a few of your partnerships and what kind of, what kind of you know, pointed you in those directions, just to well, have something else besides poker to support your family. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking. It's always good to promote, promote, promote. As Negrani would say, promote, promote, promote. Sell, sell, sell. And uh, yeah, no, the Lasso Gear socks are fun. Uh, you know, James Harden started wearing our socks in every game. Cam Newton, all these athletes, they're the only sock, uh, L-A-S-S-O. They're the only sock that is a FDA approved medical device. So they're just amazing. I've worn socks my whole life. It's the only sock that actually stays all the way up. Every, every sock I ever had would fall off my calf. And this one stayed all the way up as I spent, you know, uh, six hours hiking one day um, in the Galapagos. Brag, brag, brag. And, uh, and yeah, that's uh, a little humble socks... brag, Phil. Very nice, humble brag. <laughs> Not humble. The socks are OK. That was humble. The socks are great. Uh, you know, uh, one other thing that the this investment firm Equi, E-Q-U-I, but it's made for people that have, you know, two million to net worth to maybe 100 million. You know, uh, basically it's, it's off, it's letting people invest equity.com money in, in spots where they couldn't normally get in. That's fun. Uh, Luxon's not quite ready yet in the U S but it's launched everywhere else. Imagine as a PayPal, you'll also be able to trade crypto through it. He came up with this idea in 2019. Now he was so far ahead of the, ahead of the curve that, you know, PayPal and they all caught up with him. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been really fun. Aria. Promote, 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 sell, sell, sell. It's been crazy that all these brands have come to me that have trusted me with their brand. And it's been a lot of fun. And um, I'm going to have a, a really huge announcement in the next month about, uh, about a deal that I'm going to sign. And uh, it's really kind of exciting. You know, when you, when, you have these, when you have these deals, you know, you're like, all right, what could stop me from the deal? If I say something stupid, you know, 
Speci- oh, specifically I, with today's culture. You yes, really have to be careful of what stupid. you say. Look, and I've been recorded thousands of hours of me on television, you know, thousands of hours doing interviews all over the world. I just, I think I just don't think stupid, but still you don't want to be out of your mind and say one stupid thing and everything crashes. How much do you think the poker brat moniker that was given to you in the mid 2000s kind of played into everything that you're doing now? Like, could you have, so, could you have gotten the Aria sponsorship and all the sponsorships you're getting if you were just like a generic poker player, pick your person out of, out of the blue, a Steve Zalatow, you know, TJ Cludier, like one of those types, just like a standard poker player that's good, but not doing what you're doing. So it, it, the moniker itself probably helped a little bit, but just the personality and the way, and, and the fact that I, that I hate losing so much, which I hated about myself. I hated the fact that I was whining too much. I hated the fact that I went off. I hate, hated all that. Well, it turned out that that made me you know, into a global superstar in poker. And then it started spreading over to a lot of other stuff. But yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, it's, but, you know, to this day, I wish that I handled myself better at the tables. Um, You know, it was, it was funny because the producers would come up to me and they'd say, Phil, make sure you're yourself. And I'm like, all right, I know what that means, but I'm going to make the producer say it. I'm going to say, say it. And he'd say, well, you know, we want you to do, I'm like, say it. And they finally, or I'm not going to do it. And they finally say, we need you to be poker breadish. <laughs> but it was never something I strive to do. But I realized right away it was great for ratings. And I'm just so passionate about the game that me losing at the table is just a natural consequence of, you know, of, of and unfortunately, you know, that now I guess maybe I say some stupid stuff there, but I think it's, it's on brand. <laughs> People expect me to lose it, you know, and then when they and when I'm at a, like a normal poker tournament, I lose it. Everybody's laughing behind their fist. They're all so most people would be disturbed. This guy's going off a little bit. They're all because I think they know that I'm after all this time, the poker world knows that I'm a really good, great, great person. I would that, say great person that Never came out as wife, you know, and all this stuff, you know, complete honor, ethics, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, you won't see me going off in public on, on other people, even though they'll go off on me. And so that base in the poker world has been really good for me. And my friends have been defending me since, two, since I became famous in 04. They'd come up to me in 06, 07. Phil, everybody keeps asking about you. And I keep having to tell them that you're a nice guy. They hate you. And then I have to tell them you're a nice guy. <laughs> By now, I think the world knows that I'm a really great guy. I, I think most people do. I found out like through, there's a few, you know, those one-on-ones that ESPN used to do where they would focus in on, you know, with Norman Chad or Lon on Mike Mattisau or the people that you know, or that you're close with, that you were close with. And they'd say, this is, we know what he's doing. We know what he is. We know the type of guy Phil is. So all they would, they didn't say outright on camera, this is all a shtick, but they implied that we know he's a good person. And like, sometimes it does go a little over the top, but we don't care. We know he's a good person. Yeah. I mean, that, that's been very helpful for them, that for them to, for, for the poker world to defend me in public, in private has been really, really, I, I deserve to be defended, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and I just kind of assumed when I became the bad boy of poker, the poker brat, when 04, 05, 06, I thought by 08, 09, everybody would know the truth. No, it got worse. Uh, it seemed like more people hated me out there. 
And now, you know, things eventually the truth comes out. And, you know, you think about John McEnroe, right? Like he, he was he was obnoxious to the point where people, especially in that generation, where they're like, what is going on here? This guy's just like, but he was right. He was going off. They missed a call. They missed a call. They missed a call. These days they wouldn't miss those calls. But, you know, and it turns out that, you know, McEnroe's a great guy. Of course. And so I think me going off, is it's a very similar thing. Um, it's not intentional. Um, it's not a shtick. I mean, I, it's a shtick and it's an unintentional stick, shtick, right. I guess. I my wife fair. and I would watch the coverage and we'd both be just cringing. We're like, oh my God, did you really the, do that, honey? The, the honey, I dodge bullets, you know, still one of the more legendary lines <laughs> of all time that me and my I friend, can dodge bullets, baby. One of the most, le- one of the legendary time- lines. And that was at a World Series of Poker. I think that was the main event. What makes you so good in those m- massive fields? The fields of 5,000, 6, 7, 8, you know, 10,000 at the max. What makes you like so good on those situations? Because that's what everyone's noticed. Well, first of all, first they say, oh, Phil, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm getting defensive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move off the defensive train and just say that uh, for some reason, poker makes sense to me. And the amateurs make a lot more mistakes than the pros. And I have a style that takes advantage of that. I'm very patient. And when you're very patient, you're going to find your money going in in some really great spots. And, and then, you know, the corollary, of the corollary of that is when I lose those spots, you see me go off and act like a poker brat because I've been waiting all day for this particular guy to go crazy. And now he decides to put all of his money in with, you know, ace nine offsuit against my Kings and he hits an ace. And I see the immediate injustice in that. Right. And I've been waiting for this guy and I start going off and barking and everybody's like, Oh, Phil just lost a hand. But to me, it's this is five hours of great play or 20 hours of great play waiting for and maybe eight hours waiting for one particular guy to to do something crazy. And I I get him and the deck saves him. Right. And I think most people on your poker player, like you've been in a situation where you've hit an ace against two kings. So we've all been there. We've all been there in that situation. It's just how they got there is the frustrating part, obviously, for you. Yeah. And it does happen to me. It does happen to me where I get my money in bad and I get lucky. And then I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm like, wow, you've been whining about like this and this. And so I'm well aware of that dynamic. And so I immediately start apologizing. I'm really so sorry I did that. Right. Because if you're going to lose it when you get really unlucky in some weird spots, probably you should apologize for those spots where you get lucky. And it does happen. I mean, I've won tournaments where I remember a final table where I just, I needed like exactly diamond diamonds, you know, (laughs) I mean, and you know, the chances of that, you know, it's more like one in five times one in five or 80, 20, 85, 15, one in five times, you know, one in four and a half or something. I mean, that's, you know, you're talking about 22 to one shot, you know, and then bang, bang, occasionally I hit that and I won the tournament because that's so you have to, to try to remember and be grateful for the times that you're lucky. You know, I mean, to me. Right. How was your World Series this past year? I know there was a first time it was at Bally's Paris, right? So I believe. Yes. It was- and so, it, I mean, it was it was not what I was hoping for. I had a second place finish. I missed a bunch of tournaments through COVID. And I had uh, two deep runs right away, uh, both in this deuce to seven variant, which one of them I just recently kind of mastered. And so very disappointing. I think I finished like ninth and eighth 
ninth and seventh, something like that. And, mm-hmm. but it was literally like one of them was like two days after I'd left my room after a week. Oh, for I, COVID. I, I, I was so keeping I track on your Twitter. I wasn't contagious, but I was just, you know, I still wore the mask every moment. So, I mean, you know, but you look at last year and uh, in, in October, November, and I had seven final tables, which no one in history has done before. So that was, that was pretty cool. So then your expectations are high. You're like seven final tables, you know, no one's ever done this before. And then, you know, so you look back at the last two series, the last year at the world series of poker, and I had a, a first and three seconds and is a there bunch a bench- of other Is there a benchmark of bracelets you'd like to hit before? 24. Like a real... 24. I just kind of, I don't know, a vision is vision. Can you use the word vision without sounding ridiculous? Kind of had a vision um, that I was going to win 24 bracelets. This was back in 1993 when I won three in one year. I said, somehow I'm going to get to 24 lifetime. Um, And now I'm at 16. So that's eight more. Um, I think that since I won a bracelet in October, I have had three seconds. And each Mm. time I had the chip lead. Ooh. So that's somewhat maddening. Of course. And then I'm giving the bracelets away, too. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You give all your bracelets away. Give them all away. Uh, I kept the main event, which is in the house somewhere, but I think it's lost. That's frustrating. But I've given Ooh. them all away. My wife, my lost son. Lost somewhere in the house? I think... The, the main event from 89 uh, is somewhere in the house. Um, it may have been thrown out in the trash. It may be gone. I don't know. That's a little frustrating. Uh, number 16, I gave to my friend Sky Dayton. And uh, that was a fun moment. I flew to LA just to give it to him because during the pandemic, it's hard to get together with people. Very I hard. promised it to him. I want it in October. And now we're talking about you know March or a- April, I think. And I flew down to give him the bracelet and at the table is this amazing group of people. I, I'm not even allowed to tell you their names, um, except I can say David Sachs and Sky Dayton were there. And um, it's about all I can say. Uh, and so it's I was, that's fine. I, I didn't think you would be able to tell me all the because out of anyone that I'm talking to, the cool and the, the cool athletes and celebrities you've probably have played with and who knows, politicians and actors and actresses. 
at one point you have to write either them down in a list, a book, something. I know you wrote four books already, but just store, don't even need stories of people you've played with would be an incredible, from a content perspective, incredible just to like filter out. It's just, it's just, it really is unbelievable. And so, you know, to continue this story, we're there, it's Nobu Malibu, the ocean's crashing and I get tapped on the shoulder and it's Tiger Woods. Wow. You know, oh my God. <laughs> What's up, Tiger? And, you know, I've been teasing Tiger at his charity tournaments. You know, I have 15 world championships. You have 14 and then he won the Masters. And I'm like, yes, 15 to 15. And then he's like, well, how many events do you play per year? He takes the microphone. I, I host his event every year for Tiger. Taps me on the shoulder. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. So I say sky date. And I say, give me the 16th bracelet. He hands it to me. And I swear, I'm going to say, this is what it's like to have 16 to Tiger. Because that's what he's going to love. Him and MJ, they just want to tease. And we want to laugh. You know, sure. we want to have fun. So I pull it out. I'm going to say, this is what it's like to have 16 to Tiger. I open it up and Tiger says, oh, wow, that's your 16th bracelet. I, oh, it's so beautiful. I knew you could do it, Phil. I had faith in you. I'm like, oh, I can't say anything now. <laughs> he just made my week. So, Oh, man, now, that's funny. Meanwhile, I emceed this event uh, a month later and he comes in and he's like, he's like, 16, huh, Phil? <laughs> he's smiling and laughing and hitting me. And <laughs> And on the mic right away, I'm like, Tiger, I have 16 world championships. Wait, you only have 15. <laughs> and so just, you know, and if I see, you know, one time I was with MJ in a club in Miami and I, and I, and I, I hit him on the shoulder. I'm like, Hey, yo, we're sitting next to standing next to each other. And I say, Hey, uh, you're the greatest. And he puts his hand up to stop me. Cause he doesn't want praise. He doesn't want, and I, and I, I hate praise too. People don't understand this. You don't want person-to-person -person praise because it's so dangerous. It, if you let it in, then you become too cocky. And I'm, I'm certainly one that's capable of being way too cocky. And I understand this. And so you kind of like, he stops me and I'm like, no, let me finish. I'm like, you have six, uh, you have, uh, six world championships, MJ, but I have 14 mother. And now he just starts laughing and gives me a high five. That's what that's what MJ wants. That's what Tiger wants. That's do you ever what... like do you, do you ever think about the fact that you're that you're like friendly with like two of the greatest athletes in history? Like, does that ever be like holy a holy crap moment of like, look at where I am? All from poker. Bro, it blows my mind all the time. So uh, so Kevin Hart was here on uh, Friday and Saturday. So I texted Kevin. And he gets me these great seats for my wife and I, right? Uh, I got you, Phil, right? It's amazing, you know? I mean, and then that was Saturday night. Friday night, uh, Elon Musk is here for AI Day. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll go to AI Day, which was great to see the robot. And then afterwards, I'm hanging out with Elon Musk, man. And to me, like, he's, like, he's maybe the number one person on the planet that you kind of, like... He's so I think amazing, he officially you know? just bought Twitter today, though. I think that sale is going through again. Yeah, and I know he is. is I, and I know I was warned by I was warned by his best friend, who's one of my best friends, that that his nose is the grindstone. And so, you know, we didn't have as much time as I would have liked, less than five minutes with him. But it was really nice, you know. Good. He knows me, and so you're right, though. It's mind blowing. And then and then I was supposed to 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 get some time with uh you know uh 
I'm not even going to say, <laughs> but it's just crazy. It was it's, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's just, it's insane. And yeah, I look at myself and I'm like, oh my God, you're rolling into the biggest, like you're rolling in, you know, uh, somebody at a 50th birthday party and they brought in, they brought in Cardi B and Justin Bieber and we're all in Mexico together and, you know, and just the people there, you know, and it's just, it's it kind of mind blowing, you know, the, oh, the people that it, it does blow your mind and you try not to think about it, but I think of it in terms of exactly that mind blowing. I would think. And um, yeah. One other uh, poker related question. A lot of drama in the poker community. Oh, this I want to say this. Yes. I know where you're going next, but the yes. mind blowing stuff, that's what then makes your head explode. And, I, and, and it's just, and yeah, that can be a little freaky. You know, I'll go to like, I'm in Vegas and it's, and I hear Neymar is in town. And of course, you know, uh, Neymar wants to hang out with me. He wants to play poker with me. And I have to, I go into the room and, and I'm like, Hey, Neymar, Neymar, I have to apologize. It's the world series of poker. And as much as I want to sit down and play poker with you, um, I have to focus on, I have to go take a nap. It's 10 at night, you know, but it's just mind blowing. You have just, all these celebrities that want to just hang out with you. Crazy. You know, and I remember I was at a Norm Macdonald show in, um, you know, before he died, he, what a, what a, what a great guy. I mean, people, I, I don't think people know. Huge how, poker fan. How great he was. Yeah. How fun. And there's a, you know, a room like I see, you know, there's a thousand people in the theater. And I just thought to myself, Norman, I are going to hang out all night. I didn't even know him. And, and it's, just, it's just this weird thought that this is what's going to happen. And sure enough, Norm finds me, gloms onto me. I glom onto him. We just hang out like for eight hours. It was great. And he's just so funny. And, and they wrote they wrote an article they wrote magazine articles about us hanging out, which was pretty cool because this really weird thing happened in there. But it's just it's a weird weird life, you know. And I just I, I don't know. So yeah, then and then everybody's like, oh, Phil's dropping too much names. He's cocky. That's my life. And so yeah, you try to. Luckily, my wife will you know smack me in the face and and you know kind of snap you back into it a years. little bit. She's a real safety blanket for me. And all right, honey, you're getting a little too cocky. Shut the f- up. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Let me get to one thing and you know where I'm going with it. A lot of poker drama this past week. Lots going on with a uh, Robbie J. Lou, Garrett Adelstein. I don't know if you've commented on it publicly. Um, your initial thoughts on the ridiculous uh, Jack Forehand. Did you see uh, someone? Well, I just I just woke up, of course, at you know, 130 here, and, you know, at 2 p.m. actually for your 230 <laughs> interview. <laughs> Good morning. I, the first Good morning. thing I saw was was it was a Twitter where it was on Inside Edition, right? I saw that, and I guess it's been in the New York Times. I guess it's just been all over the globe. Never has poker gotten this much spotlight, and because the situation is very, um, first of all, it's fluid. Mm-hmm. More information's coming out. More information's coming out. But but I've never seen so many people on each side of the spectrum. So you look at this hand as a professional poker player and you think, wow, what just happened? And if you're a top pro, you're like, whoa, this seems like there's, it seems like something happened, right? Yes. And then, but then you start analyzing, all right, did this happen? Did that happen? This person, that person. And, and, and then you feel like, maybe you feel like, all right, maybe I feel like something's wrong. Then the next day you're like, oh, maybe something's not wrong. And the next day you're like, maybe something's wrong. And and, and so it, the joke in the poker world is people are going back and forth on, you know, on what happened there. 
but it seems like the majority of the people are thinking nothing happened. And then all the people outside of poker are, are accusing poker players of groupthink, which is very interesting. And Koppelman, Brian Koppelman, you know, who I love, he wrote Rounders and I love his show Billions, you know, and, uh, and Koppelman's come out accusing us kind of not in a negative way, he's a poker guy, of groupthink. And there's something there. So, you know, uh, I, all I know is this. If you think, and I'm not saying this about her, but it, let's just say that you thought somebody was 90% guilty of something. And I don't think she's 90% guilty, to be very clear. But even if you did think that and you condemn 10 people, you're going to condemn one innocent. And I think the younger generation doesn't get that. They just throw shade at people. And so I'm very aware. I mean, I think twice in my life I was accused of doing something. I've been in the spotlight 30 years, twice in my life. And one time tapes cleared me. And another time, just having a careful look cleared me. But it's amazing. People are always looking to like, and so, you know, so I, I you know, and then you think, well, wait a minute. Uh, all right, now, now, wait, there's 80% chance nothing happens. And then, well, wait a minute, there's, and so you go back and forth with the percentages. Sure. But one thing I know is, is, is no one knows. And so, you, you know, played so, with Garrett before, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah. And he's, he's a really solid player from what I've seen. And I've a a good amount of live streams I've watched, obviously when I like first saw that hand and I went to the, like Joe Ingram did the deep dive and Doug Polk and all the big, you know, poker content guys do all the deep dives into it. And it's like, Holy crap. How did this, you were, you were, my head immediately went to someone's feeding her info. Like that's the only way this can happen. Cause then she gives back the money and then it's that an issue. But now I just think it's possible that she just got like, and I say this with all respect, she's just like not that smart in that situation. If that makes sense. Like maybe she was just totally overwhelmed by it. And like something just didn't click in her head, which is crazy because she said she's a pharma rep or used to be a pharma rep. She seems like a really smart person. So I think that's what kind of confused a lot of people. She seems smart. And smart people know how to read their hands and all these things and, and all the tapes came out and the vibrating rectangular thing on her waist, all these ridiculous things that are coming out now about this. And it's like, this is the most, you know, juice the poker industry has gotten in a long time. And it's because of this, it's because of not exactly a good event here. Exactly. That That's, you know, someone, someone else made a good point on Twitter today. They said, Hey, you know, uh, why don't why doesn't the, why doesn't the mainstream press take a lot more interest in us when great things happen? <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean this 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 whole thing, and I think people at home, you know, I mean, if you have eight minutes to watch, go watch this hand because it is crazy. It's probably it's probably the biggest scandal in poker history. I think that's that can be said pretty clearly right now uh, because it's has global implications, but. A lot of amateurs, a lot of people that are watching this right now are going to go watch that hand and they're going to say, well, I don't, I, okay. She called with Jack high. And so, you know, so the, the thing, the only, the only thing that I worry about is let's just say that Jack high, you have to ask yourself what percentage chance Jack high was the best hand. And I land on a lot of the pros and I land on about 3%. I talked to a lot of the top pros in the world. And then you're like, wait a minute, someone just called with, but that's why it's stunning, right? Yeah. And but you know, but I mean, you're talking about someone who who let's just give her credit for sure. saying, "Wow, I think he's really weak." You it's know, it's almost I like mean, she think... had to say she had 
if, if she just said, I really just put you on seven, eight of clubs, then it's like an incredible, then it's like the best read in poker history. If you put exactly. him on the exact hand, then it's the best read ever. I think probably she, I mean, I think probably she had a great read. And then beyond that, you know, um, I, I think she's the kind of person that can read well, is my impression. I'm really good at this. I mean, I'm, you know, one of the best in the world at reading and, and seeing this. And so you got to give her credit. Wow, she had a great read. And then, and then, you know, then you kind of, does that kind of like knock out the fact that maybe there was a 3% chance that it was the best hand or 5%. So that's why the poker players are stunned. They're thinking, wow, it's only 3%. It's impossible to call. So poker players saying it's impossible to call. And yet the majority of the pros don't think she cheated. Um, so it's very interesting. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, like I said, my opinion, you know, my opinions back and forth and back and forth, but I would never, but I, I don't, um, I would never accuse someone of, of, of cheating ever publicly. And I'm not saying that here to be very clear. Right. What I'm saying is, you know, what I'm saying is that the poker world is like this. A lot of and we're like, yeah, it's just kind of a, it's just kind of a weird situation. So very you know, probably weird. in the end, I don't think probably in the end she's innocent and that's just great for poker and great for everybody. I, I think it will fell. I've taken way too much of your time. Thank you again for joining me. Totally appreciated. Phil Helmuth, first in World Series of Poker Cash is at 154. Final Tables at 64. An absolute machine. Author of four books. Let me just real quick play Poker Like the Pros, Bad Beats and Lucky Draws, Phil Helmuth's Texas Hodem, and Positivity. Hashtag Positivity. You are always in the right place at the right time. When is the fifth book coming, Mr. Helmuth? Did you put Poker Brat on there too? Did Poker Brat? Yeah, and Poker Brat. Okay, yeah. Po yes. And Poker Brat, the autobiography. The positivity one is the one I love the most because this one freaked me out. I didn't expect this, Paul. What happened was Tony Robbins started telling people to buy my book in his advanced seminars. I, I was stunned. Um, now, Tony gave me a jacket blurb um, and I did text him. Cheryl Sandberg gave me a nice jacket blurb. The business people know who she is. And then, you know, Draymond Green, I asked for a jacket blurb too. But, you know, Cheryl just was like, this is the most, it's a crazy good book. It's 70 minutes to read. Amazon only, hashtag positivity. But then to have Tony Robbins tell people to buy my book, it's just eight life tips. Positivity, hashtag positivity, only at Amazon. It's just eight life tips. And so it just kind of blew my mind. Someone Someone I remember on the East Coast, this guy's like, it's one in the morning. I just want to go to bed. I've there. I've been paid to do an event. This guy's like, my girlfriend's going to be here in 20 minutes. You have to stay. Right. I don't even know the guy. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be an if I leave. And so I hang out for 20 minutes, uh, you know, just signing autographs, basically taking pictures. I just want to go to sleep. And she shows up and she makes my day. She said, I just left Tony Robbins advanced seminar. And he told everyone to buy your book. And I was like, okay, that's why you're the nice guy and wait for 20 minutes because that just blew your mind and made your day. So yeah, I'm really proud of that book. And I've been thinking a lot about the next book I'm going to write. I haven't decided yet. Um, I was thinking something like, you know, something about like, uh, like teenage, you know, maybe like a, a book involving like maybe a little bit like Harry Potter. Uh, I've been thinking about that book since the 1980s. Okay. And then, and then, but I think helping the world, you know, I mean, People that read positivity, they say you changed my life. And I hear that. And so I feel that there's probably all, a responsibility this, out there. All from a poker player. 
And this is this yeah. is where it started from. It started from, you know, whether and whether it was for you know for you in 89, for people, the mainstream, which was in rounders when that when rounders came out, they say you in the hand with Johnny Chan. This is all from the, that, which is you know, yeah. this isn't celebrity, this is a poker player. Exactly. It's that's where it's mind blowing for me. Hey, I'm a poker player, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I have a book out that that is intended to change the world that has eight life tips that help me become great at poker, that help me you know, make, uh, you know, a hundred million dollars in business. Whoops. I'm down 30%, uh, <laughs> maybe 70. It would help me kind of like host, just help me in my life to think bigger and believe I could do stuff. And so those life tips to get them out there, you put them out there and you hope for the best, but you're a poker player. And then Tony Robbins is like telling people to buy the book. Yeah. It's, it's kind of mind it's the, blowing. It's the mind blowing. It's the mind blowing. Yeah. So, and then, you know, I mean, I just, these, some of these moments, I just, they just mess you up, you know, that the like one more moment uh, that, that just f- up your head. And, and I come back to it because right now I do feel like you're right. I'm just a poker player. I agree 100 percent. And I think, wow, you know, there was that time where uh, I met the Aria and I told my wife I'm going to see MJ, MJ. I knew he was in town. It just makes no sense. I'd even say that. And so I go downstairs to get my food. I walk through the high limit lounge to give myself a chance. It was the one place I didn't want to leave my room. I was exhausted. Just finished fourth in this tournament or sixth or whatever it was. Grabbed my food at the, and I decided to take the alternate way up, which is the low probability of seeing MJ. Boom, the top and boom, there's MJ, of course. What the hell is going on here? How, how could I even predict it? And then I'm walking and he's walking with this guy, Pops. They're walking about one step a fucking minute. You know, dude. So, coming up fast. And I have my food with me and I say, you know what? F- it. Leave him alone. I slam my sunglasses on. MJ gets bothered by everybody in the planet. You're not going to bother him. So right. I come by, I stop. Here's Pops and then MJ. And I say, hey, hey, MJ, good to see you. And I nod. And, he's, and he nods. Good to see you, Phil, or whatever. And I'm gone. Don't want to bother him. Right. You hit the corner, take the left. There's the VIP elevators. And so as I open the door, uh, you know, I look behind me in case someone's come up, you know what I mean? Like I'm a Midwestern guy. I open the door for people. Sure. I open the door and MJ's run to catch up with me. And I'm like, what? MJ ran to catch up with me. Phil, how's it going? I knew what to say. <laughs> Congratulations on your marriage. Da da da. You know what I mean? Da da. And I were talking and I'm just like, wow, this is incredible. Maybe had I stopped, um, he didn't, we wouldn't want to talk to me as much, but the fact that, you know, that I, that I left maybe <laughs> anyway. And so I wake up the next morning and someone says, Hey, this is when Obama was president. Obama was in Palo Alto and asked how you're doing at the world series of poker. And I'm like, Obama knows my name. Obama <laughs> knows my name. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, wow, this is great. Cause I mean, I know he's a poker player Yeah. and MJ and I walked around like a f- for three weeks. All I wanted to do was talk about MJ and Obama. Right. And 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 my mind, I was on ninety nine caches and I had to get to a hundred to get a big mark in the poker world. I couldn't even get there. And I just thought, Phil, you're 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 a I don't want to call myself an asshole. Phil, you're f- to let those experiences sure. affect you negatively, negatively, really, for three weeks because your mind has been blown. And then. And then the cycle goes less and less. And I had a, like a, you know, a book, a book signing where a book signing that Sheryl Sandberg hosted, which is kind of mind blowing. And then Elon Musk shows up 
And I'm just, that was mind blowing. And, but this was a few, this was like five years later and the ego cycle only lasted a week. So, you know, anyway, you learn, you, you live and you learn, you learn how to compartmentalize specific, you know, things. Yeah. So, but hopefully you get better and better at it. Yes. Probably I'm really cocky this whole goddamn interview. I apologize to anybody who no, listened to it. Not at all. Phil, incredible. Uh, you need anything to plug besides the books, your Twitter, Instagram. No, that's great, Paul. Thank you. I appreciate it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.